0: Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. We're in tractate Yibamis, the first chapter, thirteen a, the fifth line from the top. It says in the Mishnah that not only is the co-wife exempt from Yibamahalit, but also, but also the the co the co-wives of the co-wives. How is that possible? For example. If one of the co wives marries the other brother marries the co-wife, right? And then he passes away. And now the brother and he had two wives. and now the brother has two wives. So since the co-wife is prohibited to him, and not only the co-wife, now is the co-wife of the co-wife also, and the thing goes on and on. So he the mother asks me not immediately. where would we know this from I'm not who there were answers, I'm like, oh, it says in the past it could have says lots litzer is in the plural. We learn about the sister, the two sisters. You're not allowed to marry two sisters, and from there we learn that coming to add the case of a yibum, that if your brother, the see's brother's wife, is a sister-in-law two ways. She's your brother's wife and she's your wife's sister. So you're not allowed to marry her or litra or her co- or her co-wife. So it says in the plural, meaning co-wife of a co-wife. So it says lots of is in the plural. Avashiyam, Avashiyam, gives a different answer. What is he? You don't need a posse. It's <laughs> logical. So, my time has said, what's the reason why the tater prohibits the co-wife? Dimim keim erva Because she is together, she's a co-wife of an erva, of someone you're not allowed to marry. One of the 15 that's independently prohibited to you. Not only because she's married to your brother, to his brother, but independently. So therefore, it's the same thing. The same logic, the same, the Torah teaches us. What's wrong with the co-wife? The co-wife is not prohibited to me. She's only my brother's wife. And here the Torah permits me to marry my brother's wife, commands me to marry his brother's wife, to carry on his legacy, died childless. But we say since he's a co-wife, of someone is prohibited to you, it's prohibited. So that same logic carries on. in The, 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 the next case, when you, when the other brother marries the co-wife, takes the co-wife in yibum, and he has two wives, and he dies childless, so the brother, the other surviving brother, now is also not allowed to take marry the co-wife because the, since the the other wife who was the co-wife of the original brother who died is prohibited to him as a because it's his brother's wife she remains prohibited to him forever because it's a sister-in-law since there was no mitzvah of when there's no mitzvah of automatically it reverts back to the original prohibition a, a brother or a sister-in-law you're never allowed to marry a sister-in-law under no circumstances only exception is, the Torah says, if your brother dies childless, then the Torah makes an exception and says, not only is it allowed, it's a mitzvah. But in the case where there's no mitzvah, then we revert back to the original prohibition. She's a nerva, she's a sister-in-law. It's forever and ever prohibited to me. So therefore, the co-wife is a co-wife of a nerva. It's the same logic. I don't need a separate passage to teach me that. Okay. Then the Mishnah says... <coughs> It says, if, if the one who's prohibited to you, one of the 15 women who are prohibited to you, is is when when the brother dies, childless, when he dies, she's no longer his wife, let's say she died before the husband, well, let's say the husband divorced her. So then when he dies, there is no erva. All there is is one wife that's permitted to you. So you don't say that since at once upon a time, at one time, this, she was a co-wife of someone, it's prohibited to you. So even now when the brother dies, she was no longer his wife. But since this co-wife was once a co-wife of someone, it's prohibited to you, therefore there's no yibam. That we don't say. Then the yibam applies and you have to uh, you're a mitzvah to marry... This woman, this wife who used to be a co-wife. The other one is hibrid. he says, I feel like Kines, the mission says that even will Giddush, that even if she was first married <clears throat> the co-wife, and then divorced the Erva. So then you'll have to take the co wife in Yibb. Because right now, when he dies, she's no longer his wife. The erva, the one that's prohibited to, to the brother, the surviving brother is no longer his wife. But Minnu, I'll ask you a question. We learned in the Braz, uh, we learned, sorry, we learned the following Mishnah. she'ach. He had three brothers. Shnayim Two of the brothers are married to two sisters. The Rebbe's father, Ab was actually and his brother were married to two sisters. Yeah, it happens many times. Two brothers marry two sisters. So two brothers marry two sisters. Shna The third brother married... Uh, he didn't marry a third sister. <laughs> he married a... Friend. There's no relation to the two wives. The kansa Hamagadish. And the one who divorced his wife, Shimon, one of the two brothers who was married to one of the sisters, he divorced his wife. Oh, I'm sorry, we missed this. One of, the two, one of the brothers who was married to one of the sisters divorced his wife. And then the brother was married to the wife who was not a relative, not a relation, he died, childless. And then, the one who divorced his wife, he was the one who took her in. Any of the brothers could do the mitzvah of yibum. Any one of them could do it. He was the one who took her in. The one who divorced one of the sisters. Okay. And then, then he died. Childless. So there's one surviving brother left. This is what we said. This is the case. This is the example but we say that the surviving brother is allowed to marry. Is allowed to marry um, his brother's wife. Even though at one point his brother was married to his wife's sister, but she's out of the picture. He divorced her, and after he divorced her, that's when he married. He did yibum to the second brother, to the brother who died, the first brother that died, childless. So then you're allowed, to, then he's allowed to, the surviving brother is allowed to marry um, his brother, just to see his brother's wife. She may in this, God the time of the God of Herakotnes, the only reason is because first he divorced the wife and then, then he took the first wife what in the case, what if he took her in, what if the three brothers, two brothers married to two sisters, and then the brother was married to a woman who was no relation, he died first, childless, and one of the brothers took her in as Yibu, while he was still married to the sister. The two brothers were married to the sister, while he was still married, he took her in. So from the Mishnah seem, in that case, if, then he dies childless and, i'm sorry and then he divorced divorced the sister and then he dies childless in that case his surviving brother would not be allowed to take in his wife fayiba why because at one point she was a co-wife of a sister of his wife's sister even though when he even though when he died she was he divorced her but since at one point they were co-wives together it's prohibited. So this mission contradicts our mission. Our mission is saying that even if he took her in, there were we'll co-wives, away, and then divorce. The uh, that's what it seems from the second mission. Our mission says no. We only look at the time of death. The time of death, she's not his wife. It doesn't matter that at one point she was a co-wife to, to a sister-in-law. But, but the second mission it would seem clearly no. It matters it, it's not only at the time of death. The only reason it's allowed in that case with the three brothers is because they were never co-wives together. He divorced her, and then he did yibum with his with his deceased brother's wife. But if he did yibum first, and then he divorced the sister, then the surviving brother would not be allowed to marry uh, the co the co-wife who at one point was a co-wife. So it's a contradiction. Abu is The Oh, I'm sorry. It's a contradiction. It's a good question. It's an argument. Whoever learned this Mishnah doesn't learn the other Mishnah. That's why you have to learn the Gemara. See, if you just learn Mishnah, you don't understand, you learn your mother, your mother points out, one Mishnah, another Mishnah, it's like opposites, it's like a contradiction. Rabbi says, you're right. Whoever learned this Mishnah has not learned the other Mishnah. They are contradicting each other. There's an argument. Mishnah Shana So we have to wait for a third... So he explains. Hai Tana Our Mishnah holds that the husband's death causes his wife to fall for Yibam. So all that matters is the moment of death. It doesn't matter they were a co-wife together. But since he divorced her, and then he dies, there's only one wife who's not, who's not, there's no illicit relation, there's no problem. Even though at one point she was a co-wife of someone who was illicit, it doesn't matter. Right now, the Yibam begins now. When the Yibam begins, there is no. She's, a, she's just the only wife. She's not a co-wife of anyone that's prohibited to you, and that's why the Mitzvah of yibim applies. But the second mission holds that it's the original marriage that causes his wife to fall for Yibu. So, since it's the marriage that causes it, so the fact that they were married together, at one point they were married together, it's a co wife of someone that's prohibited to you. Even though since then he divorced her and then he dies, it doesn't matter, it's still prohibited the obligation of yibum the moment you marry your wife there's already an obligation of yibum that in the case that your brother will die childless you're not only marrying you're not only marrying her there's already begins the obligation you're also obligating your brother by marrying this woman this woman now not only does she become married to you in a sense she becomes married to your brother That right away now, by taking on this marriage, by accepting this marriage, he's also accepting that if her husband dies childless, she's going to continue the marriage with her her husband's brother. It's a package deal. So therefore, since the yibam starts then, so she's a co-wife of so the co-wife is a co-wife of someone who's prohibited to him. So the yibam cannot apply. If the yibim doesn't apply then, it doesn't apply even 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 if he divorces her and then and then the husband dies. Because at the moment of the obligation, the moment when it began, the process began, she was already off, off uh, she was not allowed to be a Yibam. Versus our Tana says, no, the whole Yibam begins only at death. So who cares what happened earlier? It means nothing. It's only now. And now she's not a co-wife of someone who's So these are the words. Misim or nisuyin Rava, Rava reconciles the two Mishnas. Rava says, Really, it's one tana. There's no argument. There's no contradiction. Our Mishnah is saying this, and how, how much more so in the other case? Many times the Mishnah brings cases, examples. He says this. How much more if in the case where they were married together and then he divorced, and then and then he dies. You say that it's allowed, the brother's allowed to marry even though at one point they were co wife. How much more so if he divorced her before he even married the co wife? The Mishnah concluded, and any of these 15 arrayas, if she was able to refuse, let's say she was a minor when she got married. But she was in a position to refuse, but practically she did not refuse him. A minor, it's a rabbinic marriage, not a biblical marriage. Only a father can marry a minor, a daughter. But if the father is no longer alive, or if the father married her off and then her husband divorced her and then she's independent, the father no longer has any power over her, and then she gets married with a brother or the, or the mother, or, or at that point even the father if, he already, if she was already married in the world. It's not a biblical marriage. It's rabbinic, and that's what the rabbis say. She can just walk out of it any time. Just cancel it. Cancel culture. You just cancel the whole thing as if it never happened. Cancel the I protest, and that's it. She walks out. So anyway, so if she's a minor, she was in the position to to refuse, but she didn't. So that. So it's like. Um, so she's not really his wife. Biblically, she's not his wife. So this minor was one of the 15 whose who's, 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 uh, illicit relationship to the, to the surviving brother. So biblically, it's not a marriage. So it's not a co-wife. It's only one wife, a legitimate wife. And therefore, the husband, the brother, surviving brother, is obligated to do yibum and the chalitza. But the rabbis say, she only do chalitza, not yibum. Because rabbinically, she's married. So it's like a co-wife of someone who's prohibited to you, illicit but even though technically, biblically it's not, so therefore you do chalitza and not yib. Not What's the problem? When the minor protests the marriage and walks out of the marriage, it's literally cancel culture. You, it, you erase it as if it never happened. It was never a marriage. It was, it was considered as if there was never a marriage because the marriage in the first place was flimsy, it was only rabbinic, it's not a real marriage. Only the rabbis didn't want to, you know. She's she's living alone. She's a minor. There's no one to take care of her. So the rabbis allow this, but but it's not really a marriage. So so what's the problem? Let her let her protest now, then it cancels it retroactively. She was never married. Makes the rival okay, and therefore she's no connection to the brother, surviving brother, and the rival is alone, and he can marry her. He can live with her. Why only chalitza? With the moya with this yabul? and she can do yibun. Mother says, so this mission is support Rabeshia. Dhamma Rabi Shabaichi says, because she can refuse his maimir, but she cannot refuse his zika. If he tells her I'm marrying you, like a kedushin it happened mukadeshly, he doesn't do yibu, but he gives does a regular kedushin like a regular marriage. So biblically, it doesn't do anything. You take her as a wife only through yibum, through being intimate with her. It's the only way you can really take her as a wife and to fulfill the mitzvah of yibum. It's not a regular marriage. But what if he does a regular marriage but he he's not intimate with her? So rabbinically, it's considered as if, as if she's married to him and she's committed to him. Even though biblically it means absolutely nothing. So he says, if he does, if the surviving brother does a mimer with his minor... Takes her as his wife, but in a regular way, in a reg- like any other marriage, but not intimacy. So she can walk, she can protest. She can walk out of it and protest and as if it's never happened. But but just Zika, if she's attached to him because he's the surviving brother and she's the wife of the deceased brother or died childless. And therefore he's obligated to marry her. That she can't just walk away. She can't just annul a marriage. Because the brother already died. You can't undo the marriage of the brother who died. The brother died. You can only do a marriage that exists and you nullify it. So if the surviving brother made some sort of connection with her by doing like a regular kiddushin, then she can nullify that this, ma- this marriage to the brother. But she can't retroactively nullify the marriage to the deceased brother. He already died. He's no longer here. So the connection, the obligation, and the surviving brother remains. So that's not an option. He's saying Miyan is no longer an option for her. That's what the Mishnah says. Yibum is not an option. She can't just uh, protest and, and can, cancel it. And yibum is not an option. The only option is Khalid. And even even when she's is against the kiddushin that the surviving brother made, the maimer, all it does is it nullifies the maimer. But she still remains attached to the brother, to, to to the surviving brother. She still he still has to marry her. That he can't undo. How do you undo that? He can't nullify it because he's not married to her yet. It's just an obligation. He can't nullify the surviving brother. He can't nullify the deceased brother because he's already dead. So that attachment remains. And therefore, you can't do Yibun with the co-wife because the co-wife is a co-wife of someone who's an illicit relation to you. But you have to do chalitza because it's not a real marriage. It's only a rabbinic marriage. So let's say our mission supports supports Abhishia, the mother says From our mission, he can't bring any proof to the position. Really, I can tell you you could nullify, even retroactively. She can protest this whole relationship, and therefore retroactively we say we consider it as if she was never married to the deceased brother. So if you ask in that case, so why can't why, why don't we just advise her to protest, to cancel, and then let the surviving brother live, marry, be intimate with the, with, the, with the co-wife. She's not a co-wife. She's the only wife now. And she's allowed to fit him. The mother says, the co-wife of an illicit relation is different. Way, the rabbis made a decree that even if she annuls a marriage retroactively, the co-wife remains forbidden, because it appears like a co-wife of an Arab. People are not so wise, people are not so knowledgeable to understand that by her protesting now it it's completely cancels retroactively as if it never happened, it erases it, as if it never happened. All they know is that it's a co-wife of someone who has an illicit, illicit relationship. co-wife of your minor daughter of illicit relation if the father already married her off before and then divorced and now she's married to she was married to her uncle father's brother so all people know is it's, 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 a, it's a co-wife of illicit relation if they're going to see allow her to marry the yibum the, the brother is allowed to marry the co-wife the surviving brother then I'll think that even the case of, a, a if it's not a minor, if it's a, an adult, I wouldn't distinguish. Where do we know this? Tani, Ramah Barucheskel, learned, taught, me and the If a minor refused a husband during his lifetime, then Mithelis Love, she's permitted to marry his father. Because as if the marriage never happened. If the marriage never happened, it's, it's, not, his, it's not her father-in-law. You're not allowed to marry your father-in-law. The surviving wife is never allowed to marry a father-in-law. But since she, when she nullifies, she cancels as if it never happens, if the marriage never was, it's, we strike it from the record. So, so he's a stranger. The father is, is, is the father-in-law is not a father-in-law. It's just. But me But she should refuse after her husband's death. Asudal She's forbidden to marry his father because he can't retroactively cancel if he's no longer alive. So you were married to him and this is your father-in-law. Even though it was a rabbinic marriage, so rabbinically you're prohibited to, 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 to marry your 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 father-in-law. <coughs> Alma we see that we look at the time at the time when he died and she became available for Yibum. She appears like the... Like the father's daughter-in-law. And therefore, she remains prohibited. Even though she could later on nullify it and retroactively cancel it. But since it appearance, all appearance, people don't understand that. If she's a minor, she walked out on him while he's alive. Okay, if people understand she's a minor, cancel the whole marriage, fine. So therefore it's no longer a father-in-law. There's no appearance issue. But if you're going to cancel after he dies, people don't understand that after he dies he can cancel and then retroactively she was never married to him and therefore uh, she's allowed to marry his father. They won't understand that. Therefore the rabbis say it's prohibited. So over here also mishas nidus Since over he here, when he dies, when the, the deceased brother dies, it appears to be like the co-wife was a co-wife of his daughter, let's say, or, or one of the fifteen illicit relations. Then that's this, it's all the appearance of that marriage. That's why we can't tell her; let her just cancel it so retroactively. She was never married. Therefore, it's not a co wife, she's the, the, the only wife, and he should be allowed, the surviving brother should be allowed to live, to be do yibum with the, uh, with the wife. So we say, no. Since it has the appearance that they were a co wife, she's a co wife, so it's prohibited to you, that's why it's prohibited. Okay. Next mission. Okay, the second mission of the tractate. Fuck the Commissioner. We listed the mission, we listed earlier 15 illicit, illicit relationships. Which, if your sister-in-law is one of these six, 15 relationships, and the brother is exempt from yibum, Halitza, and also the co-wife, and it's prohibited. But then he says there's another six illicit relationships which even more severe than this. So the same, the there's six illicit relationships that if they're illicit to you they're also illicit to your brother so it's impossible for your brother to marry them so since it's impossible for your brother to marry them to be married to them therefore it's the same metodes their co-wives are always permitted so even if your brother doesn't marry them it's not a marriage so therefore when your brother dies childless and let's say he was married he violated the Torah and he married this one of these six it's not considered a marriage. Just like it's prohibited to you, it's prohibited to the brother. So it was never a marriage. So it's not a co wife. The other wife is the only wife. And therefore, in that case, the surviving brother does do yibum. So the same, mutar is, with the, with the co wife. Which are these six? Iba, your mother. Because even if it's only your mother, not your brother's mother, because yibum, you go by the, by the father, brothers from the same father. So even if your brother, your, your half brother, He's a half brother. He was born to a different mother, but the brother is not allowed to be, live and marry his father's wife, even if it's not his mother. So, therefore, that's not an option. According to Rabbi Yehuda, even if you're, even if you're uh, the surviving brother, his mother—it's his mother—but it was never she was never married to, to the father. Let's say he raped her or was out of wedlock. Rabbi Uda holds that the, the half-brother, the, the son from, from, from another mother, is, nev, is not allowed to marry anyone who was intimate with the father. Any, a woman that the father raped, his father raped, or, was, or had an out-of-wedlock relationship with, if he slept with her once, the the children are not allowed to marry that woman. According to Rabbi Yehuda. So therefore there's no scenario, there's no scenario where your brother is allowed to live with and marry and be with the surviving brother's mother. Because if your father, if the, his father had a relationship with that woman, it's prohibited. Any of his children is prohibited. So that's one. of his father's wife. His father's wife, even if it's not the mother, not of this brother, not of the other brother, another wife. His father had a few wives, but the father's wife is off limits. To any, all the bro, all the children, all the sons. So just like your, it's prohibited to you, it's also prohibited to your brother, the deceased brother. So, so if, even if he marries her, it's not a marriage. And therefore the co-wife is not a co-wife. She's the only wife. So when he dies, the surviving brother could, 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 could take the co-wife, could live with the co-wife, could do you? Yib- Saviv. Your aunt. Your father's sister. So just like it's prohibited to you, it's also prohibited to the brother. You can't live with the, your aunt, with your father's sister. An uncle can marry a niece, but a, but a nephew cannot marry an aunt. Not all these things are logical, just the way the Torah tells us. Achoy <speaking in Hebrew> meyaviv. Your paternal sister. Again, if it's your paternal sister, yibum is only if it's your paternal brother. So if it's your paternal sister, it's also your brother's sister also. Maybe from a different mother, but it doesn't matter. The Aisha Yaviv, and also the wife, the aunt by marriage. Your father's brother's wife. So your aunt by marriage is prohibited. Your and aunt, your aunt, my marriage is prohibited. So just like it's prohibited to you, it's also prohibited to, 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 the, to your deceased brother. It was also prohibited. And the wife of your paternal brother. A brother who had children who didn't die childless. So just like it's prohibited to you, a sister-in-law is prohibited to you, it's also prohibited to your other brother. It's also a paternal brother. It's also the same father. It's also a paternal brother, same father. So if he marries his sister-in-law against the law, it's not a wife. So therefore, the surviving brother is allowed to marry the co-wife. It's a mitzvah to marry the co-wife because he's not a co-wife. She's the only legitimate wife. Be matirin atzoris laach. disagrees with this entire Mishnah. Be Shame disagrees with the whole first ruling of the Mishnah. Be Shame says that the co wife, you're allowed. The illicit relationship, you can't do Yib. The mitzvah of does not override that prohibition. If in addition to the prohibition of being a sister-in-law married to the, to the wife, to the brother's wife, if there's any other prohibition, then the mitzvah of does not override that. But the co-wife, who's a stranger to me, who's not related to me in any other way, all she is, is the deceased brother's wife, then there's a mitzvah to do Yivroon. Matirin atzaros la'ach. He argues with this whole mission, with this whole Allah. our mission is Bishillah. Basil Hilla says you're not allowed. And even though the Gemara says, even though he said that our mission only talks about things that are unanimous, but in Baishamah, in the place of Basil is not, not an opinion even. And therefore, this is the established law. It's not a serious argument, like a legitimate anything. Baishamah, Beis is so accepted that Bishamah is not even uh, is not even considered. But that's the opinion of Bishamah. And like everywhere else, first he says Bishame's opinion and then he says Bishil. Yeah, continue on side B. Cholzu. What if the co wife made Khalidze with a brother? So according to Be'i Shammai, Shammai, it was a legitimate chalitza. And the rabbis say that a a woman who did a chalitza, it's like a woman who's a divorcee. We treated her like a woman who's a divorcee. She's prohibited from marrying a koyim. Biblically, it's not a problem. The Torah only prohibits a a divorced woman. Torah doesn't say anywhere a chalitza. But the rabbis say a chalitza is the same law. So according to Be'i Shammai, it was a real chalitza because the surviving brother was obligated either to marry her or do a chalitza. So when he did a chalitza, it's like a divorce. So that woman is not allowed to marry a kohin. But Beis Hillel according to Beis Hillel, there's no chalitza here because the co-wives are exempt. The co-wives are exempt from yibum, exempt from chalitza. So even if you do a chalitza, I did nothing. It's like giving a woman a divorce. I was not, I never married to her. He's not a divorcee. So this chalitza doesn't count because there was, there was no connection you're not allowed to marry her. She's off limits. <laughs> Nisyabnu, if the co-wives were taken in yibum. Bishameh Makshirim, Bishameh says they're qualified. <laughs> they're fit to marry a koyin. If the husband dies, they're fit to marry a koyin because she didn't do any, any prohibition. She was a legitimate wife. A koyin is allowed to marry a widow. A koyin can't marry a widow, but a regular koyin can marry a widow. So she didn't do any sin. It's preferable in all cases. Well, only this hillel this disqualifies them because because she, she she had it she she lived in sin. Since it's erva she sinned she married she lived with a brother-in-law, that's prohibited her. You're not allowed to live with a you're not allowed to live with a brother-in-law not to have relations with her brother-in-law, be intimate with a brother-in-law, only in a case where the Torah allows it. But since according to Hillel, she's exempt and she's not allowed, so if she married the brother, went against the law and married the brother, she now she becomes disqualified from ever living with a koyin. Because it says it's a zayna. A woman who lives with a man who's forbidden to her is considered a zayna. A koyin, any koyin, is not allowed to live with a zayna. That's why a Koyen can't live with a with wife if she once in her life had relations with a non-Jew. Because she's a Zeidner. She's not good for a Koyin. See, even if it was a mistake, it doesn't matter. Maybe she thought the Lord's like Shammai. doesn't matter. The bottom line is the Lord like Hillel. And she lived with a brother-in-law. She was intimate with her brother-in-law. So she's disqualified from ever living with a Koyin a discussion, what if the co-wife is a, a daughter of a Kayan? So she becomes a Zayna, she can no longer marry a Kayan, but could she eat Truma? Does she become disqualified for meeting Truma? So Rashi wants to say that she's a qualified meeting Truma. Unless she's a Halala, unless she's a she was intimate with a, a person who's unfit lineage, but just a Zayna, just a Zayna would be allowed to eat Truma. Jesus says, no, you're not allowed to. A Zayna, a woman, a Baskayan who is considered, has a status of a Zayna is not allowed to, or a woman who has a status, yes, is not allowed to eat. And he, he even argues that Rashi changes his mind later. Rashi agrees at the end that even a Zayna is not allowed to eat. Okay, So these are practical differences between Beshamay and Basilla. Now the now the Mishnah continues. This is the grand finale, very powerful. Even though prohibited co-wives, and as a consequence of that, that some people are disqualified. And some people are qualified whether disqualified from marrying a koyim. Or qualified according to Bishil, they take Yibum, they become disqualified according to Bishama'hai, they're, they're qualified. And same with Bahalitza. Nevertheless, Bishamah did not refrain from marrying women of Basilil. You would think that each one would say, we can never marry them. Look, they're making such a mess. According to according to Beit Hillel, if you follow Beit Shammai, you're violating an illicit relation, which gets cut off. Your life gets cut off. You're living with a system on sin, and the children are bastards So even though it's such a sharp difference, and you would think that maybe they should divorce from each other. Beit Hillel says you're not allowed to marry anyone from Beit Shammai. Beit Shammai says you're not to marry anyone from Beit Hillel because who knows? Nevertheless, they would marry each other. Of course, they would do their research. <laughs> of course, Beis Hillel would never marry a child, or, or according to them, as a bastard. But it means, even though they had such sharp differences and was so sharp, this was affecting uh, ba- the children considered, ba- according to Beis uh, Shammai, they were completely kosher, and according to Beis Hillel, they were bastards. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't be more far apart in such a sharp difference. According to Beis they should be so angry at Beis Shammai. How dare you? You're bringing bastards, you're bringing bastards to the Jewish people. What are you doing? You know, let's excommunicate you. We can't even talk to you. You're so far away, you're so far off. No, they married each other, they married into each other. didn't say, you know, you're this, I can't talk to you, and you're this, I can't talk to you, no. See, there was no politics. That's the difference in today. Today, the right doesn't talk to the left, the left doesn't talk to each one demonizes the other. I can't even talk to you. If you disagree with me, I have to cancel your bully. I can't even talk to you. I mean, people take themselves so so seriously. Hillel and Shameh, there was zero ego. It was about Emma's. So they knew Shameh's opinion was this was Emmas. That was his Emmes. That's why he understood Hashem, understood the Torah. But he cared about Hashem as much as I cared about Hashem. He was a God-fearing as much as I was God-fearing. And therefore, I'm happy to marry his daughter. I'd be happy to marry him. It would be an honor to be married to their children. They had, respect for one they had respect for one another. So much so Hillel would, uh, would say the words like in our Mishnah, Bishame first, before Hillel. That's the difference today. There was no politics. Today everything is politics. Everything is political. Everything is ego. And then he said, the Mishnah goes, and there were, there were things that according to one according to one was torn, the other one said it was Tomei. Nevertheless, he didn't refrain from preparing the foods together in utensils belonging to the other and say, I can't, I can't use your pot. Your pot is treif. Your pot is, is, is impure. It wasn't like that. They would use each other's pots. Even though, how could you use his pot? One of them used the pots, according to the other opinion, he used his pot and it, was, it should become impure. Because they would inform the other, they were so, they were so, they were so. Cord- they would tell each other, "By the way, be careful," because according to you, you can't use this pot And of course, in the case of marriage, they would tell them, "Listen, you can't marry this woman because according to you, she's a bastard. <laughs> according to me, she's okay." So they, they would. It was completely respectful and loving, accommodating their opinion, legitimate argument. Right and left is a right hand and a left hand. Conservative and liberal—it's a legitimate argument, and it's even a sharp argument. But so what? We love each other, respect each other, get along with each other. Unlike today, and even in the Jewish community, this one can't talk to this one, and this one can't talk to this one. And I can't trust your—you know—I can't use There's a whole different, all different ideas. That's the mission the <speaking> time <in God> What's the reasoning of Bishamay? That he says the co-wife is a mitzvah to do Yivum. There's absolutely no prohibition. If it says, "Leti it says the wife of the deceased is not allowed to marry a strange person. So the Torah is telling us Chutz is calling. She's not allowed to marry until the brother, the surviving brother. But one of the brothers fulfills the mitzvah of Yibum, she's not allowed to, she's reserved for the brothers, of Ayur, she's not allowed to marry anyone outside. So, since the Tatar terms it as an outside, meaning that there is an inner one who is related to the other. Is there a defined time period by which this has to take place? Tsameh the- is saying, Achutzah refers to the wife. Which wife is not allowed to marry a stranger, someone who's not a brother? Only the wife who's chutzah, meaning there's two wives. There's a wife who's inside, who's related to the yavam, to the surviving brother, and then there's a wife, a co-wife, who's not related. She's chutzah, is an outsider. So the prohibition of not marrying. Someone uh, not marrying s- someone who's not a brother until the brothers take care of business. Either do Yibun with chalitza only apply applies to the one who's chutz. Even though the one who's in the inside is related, is is, is off limits. She's not part of the mitzvah of yibn. but there remains a mitzvah on the chutz. The wife who's chutzah, there remains an obligation for one of the brother, one of the brothers, to do Yibun with her. how will be still interpret? He says this I need it for Rabbi Judah taught. How do we know that if someone does go ahead and marry the, uh, the wife of the deceased uh, husband, of the deceased brother, who died childless, and she's waiting for the, one of the brothers to do a HaLitza, but she went ahead and, and someone married her anyway. So how do we know that the Kiddushan doesn't even count, even though it's only a prohibition? In general, we know if you violate a prohibition, let's say you marry a bastard. you not all to marry a bastard, but it's a marriage. You can't say the marriage is not a marriage. It's a marriage, but you violated a prohibition. When do you say it's not a marriage if it's an royas, if it's one of the illicit prohibitions which comes with a death sentence? Either kharis or the hands of heaven or, or a death penalty. But here it's only a prohibition, but nevertheless the Torah is teaching me that the kiddushin is not a kiddushin. It doesn't count. It's as if nothing happened. How do we know this? Shemrit says, Leitia is coming to teach us that Leitia, that there's no Tia, it doesn't, there's, no, there's nothing happening here. She is not, she doesn't belong, she can't be connected to the Ishzar. You can't be a wife to a stranger for her. You can't become his wife. That he's saying stra- that's what he's coming to teach that the stranger is kiddushin. That, that even if the chutzah, even if the stranger goes ahead and marries her, so Tait is saying le'tia, nothing happened. She doesn't belong to him. She has no connection to him. He's a chutzah. He's outside. There's nothing. So beshame says, wait a minute, does it say Lachutz? Lachutz is not talking about the outsider, the, the non-brother, the one who's not a brother, who married her. He's talking about her chutzah. We're talking about the woman in the feminine. She is the chutzah. So there's a woman who's a penima, who's in inner, who's related to the surviving brother. There's a woman who's not related, and the Torah is telling us, that the woman who's not related is obligated to marry the brother, the surviving brother. And therefore, she's not allowed to get married until the surviving brother either he marries her or does chalitza. will <laughs> argue, since it's written chutzah with a hey, it's as if it reads lachutz to the outside. The hay is interchangeable with the lamed. Chutzah could read like lachutz. So it's as if it read lachutz. And we're talking about the outsider, the, the non-relative, the non-brother. If she marries a non-brother, the tater is telling us, there's no havia, no, she's not connected to him, there's no kiddush. The rabbi Shmuel learned, the academy of Rabbi Shmuel, for example, e'elim e'lima. It says elim and elim as if as if it's written <laughs> le elim. elim. Machanayim, machanayim, machanayim. As if it, as if it's read to machanayim. Mitzrayim, mitzrayim. As if it reads Tu mitzrayim. Diblosoyim. As if it, if it reads two two diblosoyim. Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim. Also, as if to Yerushalayim, brought, uh, to the wilderness, as if it read Limit midbar. The hay is a substitute for the lam. So chutzah is like lachutz. Bishamai. Now the Gemara asks, "Bishamay so, that Shami agrees with Rabbi Huda Merav? How does how do, so how do we learn that if the uh, the wife of the deceased brother, dies childless, if she goes ahead and marries someone? Before the Yivam and the Chalitza, how do we know it's not a marriage? You can't learn enough in this passage, because I need this passage to teach me. This is a central principle that the, the co-wife must do Yivam and Chalitza. How do we know this? So the answer is, to a strange man. Chutzah. Shammai says, I don't need the word Chutzah. Even without the word Chutzah, the Torah says, letiyah that there's no tia, there's no havia, there's no connection. She doesn't become connected to a stranger until she takes care of yibam mechalitza. She's like still married to the brother. Could a married woman uh, make a kiddushin if someone takes a married woman and makes a kiddushin and makes a chuppah? It's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. She doesn't need a divorce from him. There's no marriage. So as lo- so, the Torah is teaching us le tia lizar. She's no connection to Lizar. It's as if she's still married to the brother until the marriage doesn't end, until she does yibum, either he continues the marriage, carries on the marriage, the surviving brother carries on his brother's legacy, or gives her a chalitza, which is like a divorce. And only then could she marry a chutzah. So I don't need a chutzah. So a chutzah is left over to teach me that even if there's two wives, one of them is on is in the inside, one of them is related to the surviving brother, and the other one is chutzah, the other one is the outside, the co-wife who's not related, so the telling us she also has an obligation to carry on the brother, the... This, the uh, brother's legacy. And, um, and um, she's allowed, even though the co-wife was a, a, a relative. <speaking in Hebrew> why do I need a chutzah? Also, let me just learn from Leitia, it's enough. The says, you're right. Bishel says, yeah, you're right. Chutzah, you're right. I don't need chutzah for that, but still, chutzah comes to teach me something else. What does it come to teach me? The Rabbis is that even if she's only betrothed to the deceased brother, they were never intimate. So I would think that that's what it means, chutzah. She was on the outside. What do you mean on the outside? She was never intimate with him. He never consummated the marriage. So maybe in that case, there's no mitzvah of the brother, the surviving brother, to carry on his brother's legacy. The brother was never even intimate with his wife. Why should he be intimate with her? So that's why he says, no, that even though she's chutzah, she's still obligated to marry her, to carry on the brother's legacy and to give him children. And according to Shammai, where do we know this from? Even Arusa. So Beshamay will tell you, It could have just said Chutzah. It says Hachutzah. The extra Hey comes to teach me both things. So Achutzah comes to teach me that in the case if there's only one wife, but she was only betrothed, never consummated, nevertheless, and also comes to teach me in the case of there's two wives and the co-wife is the Chutzah, the co-wife has no relation to the surviving brother other than the fact that she's married to his his deceased brother, the mitzvah of Yibum still applies. Hill says you can't. That's not. Uh, that doesn't come to teach us anything. says, "What's the reasoning of Bisham? My, why a co-wife of an illicit of a woman who is illicit, who is, who is illicit to the surviving brothers permitted? because one prohibition does not take effect on another prohibition." Something is already prohibited to you. You can't add a prohibition. It's already prohibited. For example, Ruven marries, right? He marries his wife. And now the wife becomes prohibited to his brother because it's a sister-in-law. A brother's wife is forever prohibited. If the brother dies with children or he divorces her, it's prohibited. Finished. Forever. Even if he dies after then Shimon marries the the other brother marries her sister the two brothers end up marrying two sisters so Let's say if he married her first, let's say the, the brother married second. One brother marries a sister and then the other brother marries the other sister. What if it was, it was the reverse? If the brother married second was the first one to marry and his wife's sister was single, it would be prohibited him, because It's a sister-in-law. It's your wife's sister. But in this case, she became a sister-in-law His wife's sister became a sister-in-law before he married his wife. Because his brother married that sister. Once the brother marries that sister, it's a sister-in-law because through marriage, my brother's married her. So she becomes prohibited to me. Once she becomes prohibited to me, you can't add another prohibition. You don't have another prohibition. Well, now she's a sister-in-law two ways. <laughs> she's a married, She was my brother's wife, and now I, I married her sister, so now she becomes another sister-in-law. She becomes prohibited to me again. No, you can only get one prohibition. You can't layer one prohibition on top of another prohibition. It doesn't stick. It's already prohibited to me. And what does it, practically speaking, let's say if unintentionally he had relations with her. How many sin offerings does he have to bring? Only one sin offering. Whatever the first prohibition was. Either he married first, so, she, so when he married his wife, she became his sister in law, his wife's sister. Or if he married second, the, the prohibition is when his brother married her, his wife's sister, it was prohibited to him because it his brother's wife. But even after he marries his wife and now she becomes a in of two ways, you don't say she has to bring two khatas. No, you only bring one chattos, One, You don't layer one sin on top of the other. Ain It's a very central principle in Judaism. You can't add another prohibition. It's already prohibited, it's already prohibited. Therefore, in this case, in the case where in the case with the brother. With the brother marries his wife's sister, she was already prohibited. No, I'm sorry. The brother married first. The brother married the sister. Okay, So she became prohibited because it's his brother's wife, sister. Then he marries her sister. So you don't say she becomes a sister-in-law two ways. You don't say that now I have a new prohibition. She becomes an ervatim. She's not an ervatim. All she is, is the brother's wife. So therefore the co-wife is just the co-wife of a regular, like any other co-wife. The only prohibition involved there is a brother's wife. So he has two wives. Now practically he can't marry the the, the sister-in-law. Because he can't live with two wives together. But the co-wife is allowed. So that's the reason of beishamayim, but this would only apply in this case. The other fifteen cases, they're inherently prohibited. Like your daughter, what does it have to do? It's nothing to do any So the Gemara says, it only it's only good, it only makes sense if the one who died, the deceased brother. He was the one who married the first. He married the first sister. And then the one who's living, the one who's a surviving brother, married the other sister. So, the, so then the prohibition of a sister, his wife's sister, that never applied because he was already prohibited to him by being his, his brother's wife. So the prohibition of a sister's sister cannot come and fall on, the, on, his, on his brother's wife. But in the case where the the, the surviving brother is the first one who married, so then the sister did become prohibited to him before she became his brother's wife. So in that case, he, in that case, he can explain the reason of Bishamay. In that case, the co the co wife should be prohibited. But the answer is no. So the mother says no. Even in the case where she married the uh, the surviving brother, married the first sister, and then so already this, the other sister became prohibited to him as a sister-in-law, as wife sister, and then the deceased brother married the other sister. In that case, the prohibition of a brother's wife of a, of a brother's wife of a sister-in-law brother never never applied. Never applied. So there's no prohibition. That woman, the sister, is prohibited to him because of the original prohibition. It's his wife's sister. Period. So therefore, the the co-wife is a co-wife of someone who's not prohibited him because of his brother's wife. The, The prohibition of brother's wife doesn't apply to the surviving brother. Never applied to the surviving brother. So the mitzvah of yibum never applied. She's not considered the wife's brother, the surviving brother, the wife, the the sister, the wife's sister, is not considered his wife's brother to him. So therefore the co-wife is is allowed to, he's allowed to marry the co-wife, he's obligated to marry the co-wife. The fact that she was a co-wife, of of, then it's like any other case. If your daughter is married, your son-in-law marries your daughter, and he marries another wife. He has two wives, a stranger to you. And then your son-in-law dies. You're allowed to marry that. You're allowed to get married to that other woman. Because there's no relationship. The other woman, your your son-in-law's second wife, is not your daughter. So there's no relation to you. Just because they were they were co-wife, she was a co-wife to your daughter. That's not a problem. It's only in the case of a mitzvah. The case of a mitzvah where uh, the, it's your brother's wife and the Torah gives a mitzvah to carry on his legacy. so then we say that the co-wife is a problem. If the co-wife is someone that's prohibited to you, it's a problem. But here, the co-wife is not a co-wife of someone who's prohibited to you because she's not considered your brother's wife. There's no prohibition because it, uh, she was already prohibited to you, being you, you, your wife's sister. Therefore, b'shari, it's allowed. The Mishnah says If she gives a chalitza, beishamay says she's never allowed to marry a koyyeh because it's a proper chalitza. they are going to push it. Obviously, It's Rabbi coming to exclude the opinion of Rabbi Yehoshua Nuri. He said bein natakelam latzodish he yabes. Let's institute that all co-wives should do chalitza, not yibum. So let's accommodate both opinions. make everyone happy. Because otherwise, you're going to make bastards. According to Beis Hillel, if you're going to follow Beis Shammai, the children are bastards. A chalitza, according to Beis Hillel, Beis Hillel says, you don't need a chalitza, so you did a chalitza. What do I care? So you do one. You make everyone happy. Kamash the Beis Hillel That's why he says, no. The Beis, Beis Hillel seems qualified to Kuna. So it's not, it's not, it's not, that's why it's not, that's why they didn't do that. According to Beis He was saying, let's make a proposal. He proposed, let's make a takona. The rabbi should say she has to give a chalitza to make everyone happy. To keep unity in the Jewish community, and once the rabbis say you have to give a chalitza, then it's a, it's it's a legitimate process. If it's a legitimate process, then she becomes disqualified from marrying a kohen. That's the mission has to come to teach us. and no, there's no chalitza necessary. The mission said the already taught us the same thing. the Chol name He also teaches to give him. You're right. It's the same thing. Same point. Everyone have a wonderful day.